I wanted to take a few minutes and look at a familiar passage of scripture. So if you, uh, if you have your Bible or your phone or whatever you look at for your scripture, uh, we're looking today at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and I'm going to be reading verses 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. And Paul says, beginning in verse 7, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That is such a wonderful passage of scripture. And the one area of that particular uh, passage I want to zero in on is, um, and I've, I've kind of given a little title to this devotional, and it's When God Says No. Now, you and I all know that God always answers prayer, and that is a wonderful blessing. And God always answers prayer in one of three ways. And you know this, but it's good for us to be reminded of it. And those three ways are yes, no, and wait. <laughs> and the, the last two are sometimes very difficult for us. And we may look at the last one, wait, uh, later on uh, in the future. But I want to focus in today on what is our response as believers when God says no. I think that's, that's important for us. Paul certainly sets an example for us. And in fact, there are many uh, instances in Scripture where God will say no, um, and he will say, or maybe not right now, or wait. Uh, but sometimes he says no to us, and so what is our reaction biblically to this? And, of course, Paul, he gives us a little insight into a personal issue that he was having, and he calls it a thorn in the flesh. Now, again, many Bible scholars are uh, divided over what that is. Uh, I personally think it's probably a physical uh, issue or a physical malady that he was experiencing. It was perhaps uh, Paul losing his eyesight. Uh, some believe that he uh, had trouble with blindness towards the end of his life and so forth. And so uh, he, is, he is struggling with this issue. He's, he is um, uh, trying to ask the Lord, and he does ask the Lord, to take this away, and that's that's his prayer. And we note here right off the bat that he didn't become embittered by uh, this situation. He chose to focus on the fact that if this is the case, then I'm going to glorify God in it. And I think there's a lesson in this. And I think the the main principle that comes out of this passage is that Paul focused on God's glory more than he focused on his problem. And I think that's an important lesson for us. And again, even when he was praying, and, and we note here that 
he realized that God, uh, the first thing we notice is that he allowed, uh, God allowed this to keep his own ego in check. And he says that a couple of times. He says, look, I understand that perhaps one of the reasons that God did this was so that I won't be exalted above measure. And he realized his own potential for that if he was not careful. And, and, and so that was important. And as he's praying, he's praying for God still to remove it or heal it. And he says, and I did this three times, and God said no. By the way, let me mention something here. The three times is not prescriptive. It's, it is descriptive. So what I mean by that is don't get the idea that, well, if I have an issue in my life and something is going on, I'm only allowed three prayers. No, that's not, that's not what Scripture says. All right? In fact, God likes us to persevere in our prayers. And I think he likes to see that and he likes to hear that. This is just descriptive of Paul saying, I prayed earnestly three uh, separate uh, occasions intensely that God would heal me of this. And what was his answer? Well, essentially his answer is no, but don't you like God's response to Paul? Um, God says, Paul, here's my response to you. You need to understand this. My grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And essentially, he was saying, Paul, I'm not going to take this away. Paul, I'm allowing it for a reason. And so uh, what was Paul's response? I think this is absolutely wonderful. It's, it's um, amazing. Uh, I would also say Paul's response is rather convicting and rebuking, at least for me personally, every time I read this. Because God comes along, and, and again, as we said, he says, no, Paul, I'm not going to remove it. And what was his response? Well, Lord, how can, how can I be the apostle to the Gentiles if I don't have my eyesight? I can't read. I, I'm not going to be able to preach or minister effectively. He doesn't become embittered. In fact, it's just the opposite. What does he say? He says, first of all, I will gladly boast in my infirmities. Now, I ask all of us here today, when's the last time we did that? He says, secondly, I, will, I take pleasure in infirmities. And we look at that and we say, well, Paul must have been superhuman in order to, to say that. No, I think what it was was that Paul was walking so closely in tune with his Lord. He was so mature in the faith that basically Paul says, you know what, Lord, whatever you want to do with me, Whatever you want to bring into my life, it's fine as long as you get the glory. Even in my own physical weakness and the problems that I'm having, Lord, if it means that you get the glory, then so be it. Now, I have to tell you, I don't know too many people who have that kind of spiritual maturity. And again, that's like I say, he, he certainly uh, rebukes me when, when I read this. And I wonder how many times Christians are a little bit, perhaps, maybe frustrated, and they can ultimately become embittered if they're not careful when God says no. But Paul certainly gives us a wonderful example of how to act and react when God says that. In, in essence, Paul says, is saying this. He's saying, I am completely content with God saying no if my infirmities can glorify God and point others to Christ. That is quite uh, 
a, a, an example and a testimony. What a wonderful example he gives us. And that can only be done again, folks, my dear brothers and sisters, if we are walking closely with the Lord and in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Because quite frankly, that is impossible for us to do on our own. We can't do this. It has to be the Holy Spirit of God. And so he understands this and and he gives kind of a, a bottom line principle being content with all of these things, how does he end this? He says that when I am weak physically, I am strong spiritually. And that's where God has me. That's where he's placed me. And that's where I desire to be. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful example for all of us when God says no. And you know, again, we, we look at this situation and we think, well, um, this didn't really make a lot of sense in, in Paul's life. And I'm sure as he began to think about it, again, maybe the question why would enter his mind. There are things probably in the lives of many people here, and, and it doesn't quite make sense. And, so, and, and in fact, a lot of times the, the events of life don't make sense. I've always used this analogy in, in, in my church, and that is, um, you know, I think God, uh, well, I'll put it this way. Life is like a tapestry. And some of you may have seen tapestries in an art gallery and so forth. I've had a chance to see some historic uh, art uh, uh, galleries and tapestries that are very famous um, in predicting or, or depicting uh, historic events and so forth. And they're amazing how detailed they are. And, and, and to think that somebody had to create and weave and sew all this together. But I think sometimes life is like a tapestry. And God is the master weaver. And every individual life, he weaves a tapestry of that life. But as the master weaver, he doesn't let us see the completed project project yet. What we're viewing is we're viewing it from the backside, as it were. And if you were to flip over a tapestry, all you would see is a bunch of threads and things that really are uh, all over the place. It's not, it doesn't have any organization. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And you can't really tell anything from the backside. But one of these days, folks, the master weaver for our life is going to turn the tapestry around. And you know what we're going to view? We are going to view a picture that the great artist, our Lord, has woven in our life. And it's going to all make sense. All of it is going to make sense. It may not now. And so all the no's <laughs> that he said to our prayers, all of the weights that he may say to our prayers, at that point, they're all going to make sense. And we're going to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for how you've woven my life because you're the master weaver. And I trust you to do this in my life. It doesn't make sense now. And certainly, Paul, it didn't make sense, humanly speaking, for him to have these difficulties. But Paul, when he went to be with the Lord, when he finished his course and he had run the race, 
the Lord allowed him to see the tapestry of his life. And all those things made sense. And so I hope and pray that this is a challenge and an, and an encouragement to us. That when God says no, just keep in mind that he's still at work as the master weaver. And he's, he's making all those threads in our life that are very significant and very important. And I hope that you and I will see it that way. Because when we are weak, then we are strong in the Lord. And praise God that his grace is sufficient for us. Amen.